Welcome to the Butterfly Effect Studio. I'm your host, Christian Rebenek. As you know, based in the Kia 3, small changes can have a big impact. The goal of the session is to uncover how leaders and change makers develop their purpose, competence, and community to achieve their great positive impact. Every of the episode is packed full of ideas you can apply to your own life. In this conversation, I speak to Irene Kilovi, top 10 experts for, uh, for brands, for communities, moderator and speaker, uh, future personal face 2022, two times thing new work award winner 2021, impact of diversity award 2021, um, thing top mind 2020 and 2022, ex BMW Siemens Deloitte and initiator of joint generations. Great to have you in the studio, uh, Irina. Yeah, thanks for the invitation. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> Really excited to have you here. Um, Irene, um, I, I personally was really impressed with your career and how you bring so many different people and organizations together from startups you connect with corporates, from young people to experienced people, from people from different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, maybe to get things started, Irene, tell us a little bit more about what motivated you in your journey uh, to achieve that. Well, I think I've always been a person that has drive. Lots of energy, <laughs> doesn't want to stand st still. And in fact, I have lots of interests. And I feel like nowadays you have so many opportunities, right? To um, fulfill your dreams, to do what you really want to do and are passionate about it. So that's in fact what I'm doing, you know? Like if I am passionate about something, I just try it out and um, work it out and do my best as I can. And I think what also motivates me is having an impact. Everything I do should have an impact and um, I should have the feeling that um, I have a purpose that I'm following behind it, right? Uh, so beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I love that, but I know also how hard or how afraid you can be of making those decisions. And I mentioned the companies you work for, which have been the large corporates, you know, mm -hmm. Solid, and you can stay there forever. <laughs> but then, absolutely, and changing your life and and pursuing your purpose is quite a risk and requires courage. How do you do that step? Mm -hmm. How do you deal with this kind of risk yeah. and being afraid? Maybe I remember when I told some of my colleagues that I'm about to leave. Um, for example, the first time BMW, they said, "Like, are you crazy? Uh, it's like winning in the lottery." Everybody who lives in Munich. Uh, wants to be here and now you're leaving and, um, you're still young. Um, you have everything that you can accomplish in within this large company. What do you want to do? In fact, you know, but still, um, I've learned because there was a transitioning point in my life, um, where I decided to pursue, uh, coaching, um, how do you say certificate, you know? Um, educate myself as a coach. And in fact, when I went there, I was a bit naive because I thought, okay, I'll learn here how to, to coach other people, to learn the methods and the concept behind it, you know, to support and mentor people along their journey. But then I realized, in fact, it was for myself as well, you know, to get to know myself better, what I want in life. And I can recall when we had this first session, our trainer asked us, like, what are your values? And I thought, like, oh, my goodness, what are we talking about? Is it here philosophy or is it, you know, I just want to learn the techniques. And what we did, in fact, uh, during every session that we um, 
did some exercises and we exercised on ourselves, on our situation, private life, and um, also our our career. And then I realized so many stuff. Um, I feel like at that moment, um, I first in my life realized what I really want because uh, beforehand, um, you know, I grew up uh, near Bonn. And as you know, um, Bonn used to be the former capital of Germany. <laughs> so all the ministries have been there. And um, all the parents of my um, colleagues at school were either working at the ministry or were teachers. I don't know why, but it was like the the <laughs> typical thing for their parents to do. And so was also my mindset so, so narrowed. I didn't know what kind of opportunities are there. Like being an entrepreneur was so far away from me, you know? So um, another option was like uh, to get a good job at DHL or uh, the German Telekom, Deutsche Telekom it's called. Um, and that's pretty much it, you know? And I was thinking like, oh, you, you gotta have a great job as an employee working for a large corporate and um, then your life is secure. And then I realized like, um, there's no security in life, you know? And I learned from my mom, by the way, who has never been an entrepreneur <clears throat> that, um, you can only be successful in life if you take risk. And uh, sometimes she says uh, so impressive um, quotes, although she isn't an entrepreneur, but it really impressed me. But she, in fact, she's right, right? And I had one other friend who told me when I was talking to him about me um, thinking of yeah, doing something on my own. He said, like, if you wait too long, your wings will fall apart. And I love this metaphor. You know what I mean? He's talking about, he said, like, now you have the drive, the motivation, but if you don't do it today, you will forget how to fly. And you will even forget that you can even fly. So beautiful metaphor. I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and I, so I know so many people who are stuck in their corporate careers. And uh, mm -hmm. there's nothing bad in corporate career, totally. No. But I think also, if, it's so important um, if you feel not, it's not the right thing eventually that you open your eyes and say, hey, what do I actually really want? Um, and um, taking the step, um, would you, from, so you stepped out and said you take a, took a coaching course and then you reflected on yourself and, and what happened then? And based on this reflection, you said, okay, now, now I'm ready to jump into the cold water? Or not really, not really. Uh, <laughs> that was a pity. And you know, a funny thing, uh, two days ago, um, um, I moderated a session. We had a very impressive speaker there and, um, she had an accident and she's handicapped, uh, sitting in a wheelchair and, um, during her life, she even, um, nearly died. And then she decided to turn her, her complete life upside down. And to really live the life that she wants to live and not like, uh, do what others are expecting from her. And then I started reflecting. I said, like, do we necessarily always need to wait until something very bad happens? Right. Because that's what I did. In fact, you know, um, there was one situation where there was no way out for me anymore. And I said, like, 
now it's enough. You have to do it right now. And um, in fact, at that point, because after BMW, I still worked as an employee afterwards. At, I worked at Siemens and then I was at Deloitte. And in fact, I decided to quit when it was, in fact, the best time working there, you know, because I yeah. said, like, there are only two options. Either you wait until something very bad happens or there will not be any change because you'll be progressing with your career and then you think like, okay, I'm pretty fine. Let's forget about it, right? So I chose this way because I've experienced in the past situations where I felt I need to do a change, but I didn't do it and waited until something bad happened. And one of my friends um, asked me, well, when you felt the moment that there's no alternative, no other option than changing the way you're living right now, didn't you notice beforehand something? Weren't there certain signs that told you that now is the right time to make a change? I said, like, you're absolutely right. And I recalled two situations, but I didn't want to listen. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to people. And the speaker also reminded us of, of it. She said, in fact, some people need to really be really down until they realize it. But I said, like, no, you don't need to do it. Do it when it feels right for you, when you feel uncomfortable and need to change. And that's what I did, in fact. You know, it was um, the best uh, time in my career. Um, I was about to do the next career move to get a salary increase. And that's, in fact, what I said, like, I don't want uh, myself to, uh, to be in that position again, that something very bad happens before I decide to change. So um, for me, the pain was that, so to say, my heart was bleeding because I felt I couldn't really do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. So, but did you, was this like the, this is, was this a conscious decision? One day you woke up and said, no, actually, I feel it's not, it's not the time to move on or... Was it like voicing it to friends and then discussing it over a period of like weeks mm-hmm. and then yes. making yes. it, it like, mm-hmm. like it making it hardening the decision and then mm-hmm. then taking the step? How was this? Exactly. It was even before um, the time I quit my last employer, mm-hmm. even beforehand when I was at my second employer after graduation. There was always that feeling, you know, like uh, I want to do something on my own, but I didn't do it. Instead, I moved to another employer, right? <laughs> In fact, because I, I, I felt like, okay, um, there I can still have a combination, a bit of security, but uh, still a bit of, you know, doing what I want to do, express myself. And still, um, it's not the same thing. Now I realize it, you know, because now I can really do what I want to do. I said yeah. was a process and I um I didn't even talk so much about it. Rather people approaching me because I've been already side hustling since I was mid twenty, always side hustling, doing uh projects aside, you know, so it was not like uh, totally jumping into the cold water. I already knew like what I was supposed to do, where my strengths are in which area I want to position myself. I knew it beforehand, but I was reluctant to do the last final step. So in fact, um, to be honest, it was uh, my mom who gave me the last final push, you know? Your mom because, is a role model. <laughs> I have yes, absolutely, absolutely. 
without being an entrepreneur, I love that. Without, uh, yeah, she she told me because um, I uh, talked to her. You know, every other daughter would say, call her mom and say like, "Oh, I'm about to get promoted. Oh, I'm about to receive a salary increase." I was like, "What am I supposed to do? I can't leave now." Because everything's so perfectly fine and they're so happy with what I'm doing. And, um, you know, and then she just said, you know what? Soon will be Christmas. You know, it's pretty much three years ago, around this time, you have two options. You come here and shut up and don't talk about it at all. Or you quit before you come here and uh, are the lovely and nice person that I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, like, okay, I think uh, the second option is the easier one. Oh, I love that. That was so beautiful. Wow, I think I think that's that's it, it's really great, and I think it's great inspiration for many people who maybe are, are stuck. And I think what you mentioned also with the wings, I, I like this analogy. It's very mm -hmm. similar to this elephant analogy, which was as a child like bound to a, a stick and he couldn't get apart. Mm -hmm. But when you're big, you can just get run away. But you're so much used to actually being bound to the stick that you don't do anything anymore. Absolutely. And this is so important that you are literally um, uh, take these steps, yeah, um, before mm -hmm. you're too afraid because it just don't get much easier. Um, mm -hmm. So, and you know what I, you know, I, I know it doesn't work out for everyone, you know. But I have two approaches. Every time um, I'm afraid of something, I always say like, in certain situation, think like a child, behave like a child. And in certain situation, you know, I think like, behave or think like a man. You know, because while taking decisions, we are totally different. You know, sometimes men overestimate um, what they do. And I say like, try to think just a little bit like a man, then you're perfectly fine. And in some situation, I think like, Because children don't fear anything. And um, as long as no one tells them that they are not supposed to do something, um, they don't care. They just do it. So <laughs> in certain situations, I just think like, think like a man or think like a child. Then you're perfectly fine. <laughs> so, so, so very true. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. I just have some stories on top of my mind about my kids, what they do. <laughs> exactly. They don't fear whatever you say, like, don't do it. Otherwise, you don't, you won't be able to go out or meet your friends. They don't care. They just do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. But you know what I mean? Like, if um, you, are, you don't grow up uh, thinking that you have some limitations and uh, you are not supposed to do certain things, You will not bother at all. Yeah, yeah. No, congratulations. But uh, Irene, so how how did it went for you? Um, because you mentioned you've been afraid. Uh, you have a career successful, and uh, but then you took the risk. Um, mm -hmm. So how do you feel now, looking back about that? Well, it's the best decision I've ever made in my life. You know, um, every other morning I'm waking up and just uh, reflect. I think like, wow, um, you know, I can choose the clients I want to work with. I can choose the projects I want to work with. And um, so little small things that um, where you feel like, okay, I'm in control over it, you know, and everything I do um, depends on myself, right? Also taking responsibility. 
And I also learned to take responsibility for my employees, for example. You know, it's not so much about myself being successful, but also I think I always think, oh, if we're successful, my employees will also be proud uh, working for us. And of course, I have to pay their salary as well. You know, you have a totally different other kind of responsibility, right, that goes along with that. And I learned so much about myself. Um, the first time was, okay, of course, also beforehand, but um, the major, um, major, so to say, milestone that um, where I realized um, my responsibility was um, the first time when um, I actually employed the first person yeah. in the company. And also when I realized there's not a salary coming every month, you know, like the first time I realized, okay, it's not always about taking care of other people, but also taking care of yourself, like uh, thinking every other month, okay, you have to uh, make sure that everything is uh, running smoothly, right? So, uh, The life of an entrepreneur is different. Yeah, so true. So um, true. Yeah, it's self-responsibility. You need to take care of yeah. yourself. You need to take care of others. Um, uh-huh. So, Irene, what is motivating you? On, what is your, you mentioned, you talked about your purpose. Um, mm -hmm. What is your purpose? What, was, what didn't motivate you now in the last years? Mm -hmm. It's so, so funny that you're asking it because uh, so many people asked me. And um, at the beginning, I didn't quite have an answer to it, but... Yeah. After starting to reflect on it, thinking about it, um, I felt like, um, you know, although I'm a black woman living in Germany, I still feel so privileged. You know, I would say like in my black community, I'm one of the most privileged people around, you know, looking uh, from it from a perspective or from a global perspective or societal perspective, I'm not because I'm a black woman, not a white man. But in my bubble, I'm, I'm privileged. And so I felt like, again, here, some sort of responsibility to say, like, I have the opportunity. I have the voice. Um, I'm lucky to be a great networker and um, having this state of mind to uh, take what I feel I'm supposed to, or to have a place somewhere where I feel I belong to. So, um, and it all started when I, Many people in my so-called black community, in my bubble, that think like, oh, we, we really appreciate what you're doing. Uh, we feel really inspired. And how did you manage it? Although uh, you had so many uh, drawbacks, and maybe not the best uh, starting position, but still you made it. And so I felt some sort of responsibility to say like, of course it's possible, you know, and of course you can, you can do it. And so... Every project I'm involved in, I try to have a certain impact, you know. Um, so I'm not driven by money. I'm not driven by, uh, um, how to say, appreciation. That's also something that I learned because it's something that needs to come from yourself, from within, not from the outside. Yeah. Because yeah. once there are a group of people who disrespect you or um, are not your supporters, um, you might uh, feel frustrated and demotivated to do something, but when you feel like, okay, what I'm doing 
is is right, is a good thing, no matter how many people are against you, you will still move forward. And I think that's very important for an entrepreneur to have it, this um, kind of mindset. Mm -hmm. Right. Irina, tell me a little bit more about this because you mentioned the struggles um, and the things you needed to learn. Tell me more about what what have been the most important things looking backward um, on the most important skills maybe you have learned. Mm -hmm. You know, um, in the past, I used to hate it when people when I, I grew up, people said like, yeah, oh, you're so communicative, so creative. You got to do something. Um, in marketing or, you know, in the fashion industry and so on. And I didn't like to hear it because I said, like, I'm also very smart. I'm good at math. I'm good at uh, tech, uh, tech um, topics and so on. And I felt like people were only seeing the communicative Iran, the networking Iran. But now when people said it, I just really, really appreciate it because I feel It's not something that everyone can do. Many people say, tell me like, oh, you have the gift. And now I can really see it as a true gift to bring people together, to inspire people, to motivate people. And I always said, oh, it's nothing special. You know, everybody can do it. You know, no one sees that um, um, I'm very good at analytical thinking, um, conceptual design. No one was seeing it. I said, like, I don't care because the people who work with me, in fact, They're always surprised. They say like, okay, of course, you have a PhD. You, um, you are probably not that stupid. That's what I was assuming. But now working with you, you're so much more than the social media, Irene. In fact, you're working your ass off, you know? And that's in fact, again, here I learned, you don't need the appreciation from other people knowing like you work your ass off, right? As long as the right people know it, And you are surrounded by the right people who appreciate it and uh, like working with you on a common goal and uh, do their best to to accomplish it with you together. So if you're talking about the right people, let's talk quickly about mention your team members. And please, if you're looking for the right members, right team members, um, what kind of skills do they need to have? Uh, what is the most important things you're looking at? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's also another thing that I had to learn um, because I received feedback from uh, some people from my network. They told me, you know, Iran, you're really used to working in high performing environments, but you have to realize that no, not everyone is like you who gives 200%, who has this drive. And I noticed you don't always need those high performing people. Sometimes you just need people who just um, are very good in operational tasks, you know, who are just there. They, they are not the visionaries. They are not uh, the goal getters, so to say, but just people who um, just do their job. They do what they're being told and on a daily basis of maybe also people who are willing to do repeat tasks, right? So it's, it's important to have the right balance. Right of high-performing people, but also people—they um, are still smart, but um, they don't necessarily need this uh, high level of action because they just want to do their task. They're good at it. They're experts and specialists. So that's what I learned to have a good balance out of it. Yeah. And you mentioned already that you, um, you 
you started coaching, but you also helped you to self-reflect. Mm. Is this something you're looking into in your team members as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And what I noticed most of the time when I interview people, they always tend to talk about what they have already been doing. Mm -hmm. And then I ask them, for example, uh, have you been doing this, this, this? And then, of course, most of the things is I've never done it, you know? And then they start repeating, but I've been doing this and this and that. And then I ask them, like, is there anything you haven't done in the past, but you feel like I would really like to do it in the future? I want to learn and I want to grow. And I have one example for, um, for my team members. Um, suddenly she realized something she's never done before, but she's actually really good at it because she just started off. She was even better than uh, on the things she's been doing all her life, you know? So I'm also open towards it because when you're an entrepreneur, there are also many tasks that no one has done before, mm -hmm. you know? And although, for example, I'm used to do some um, conceptual work, setting up new formats for clients, there will still be a setting or a topic I've never done before, you know, but this is in fact where I grow and what I really enjoy. And so having someone there um, on your side, one person maybe who has done it before and another person who is also totally open-minded is a good combination to bring you further. So that's yeah. what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's really, really important that uh, people can relate to the mission and to the topic you're pursuing. I feel that it's very, very important. You know, for example, someone entering joint generations, for example, there would be a person who's 20 who would say like, I, I don't like uh, old people. What's the point of joining joint generations? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, and so, also under understanding what is behind it, you know? So Cultural fit on the one hand side, um, mm -hmm. both potential. Um, you mentioned mm -hmm. you help them to reflect actually on their potential. Is they and maybe challenge them also to grow as personally, mm -hmm. um, which I think mm -hmm. is, is really important. That's mm -hmm. that's I think important for everybody that they not just work on their purpose, but they need to look into develop their competences and um, uh, explore mm -hmm. new fields. Um, talking about people and the, the community, um, what has been in your past the most, and you mentioned your mother, <laughs> your mother is already set as a role model here, but who is the other, how, who helped you the most? Um, parts, Christian uh, now can't hear you anymore. Uh, you were gone for, you mentioned your mother. That's the last thing I heard. I was just mentioning about um, your personal community who has helped you, who has helped you in your life, who was important actually to be successful. You know, the strange thing is that people who inspired me the most probably don't even know, you know, <laughs> because um, there are so many things that I realized later on, you know, there's one example I will never forget um, of people asking me just smart questions to help me reflect, right? I will never forget. I was at the beginning of my trainees. And, uh, there was someone from university, um, who asked me like, what is the most precious thing that a person can give you? 
I can't remember what I said at that moment, I can, but I can remember what he said. He said, time. And at that moment, I don't know. I, I didn't really understand. I said, oh, okay, time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but now I realize it more than ever. Yeah. And then I realized because um, I'm not a greedy person at all, but considering my time, I turned out to be very greedy, <laughs> very greedy on my time. And there's so many situations in particular where I tell some of my friends and uh, my family also, you are wasting your time, you know, because I would never spend like three hours talking to someone, just complaining, complaining, complaining. You know, I, I experienced so many times that people spend their time phoning with people, just complaining about the whole world life. You can do it five minutes because we always have our down times, but spend the rest of the two hours and 55 minutes looking for solutions. I'm a totally solution oriented person. And I'm always trying to, to see the good things in life, you know, and that, helps us totally time is the most precious resource you have ever and use it wisely because i always think at that time i could be helping out somebody out there right instead yeah. of <laughs> spending my time with uh negative energy so i fully agree and um, i always think in the circle of influence you know if you have mm -hmm. things that you cannot control and the more you talk about the things you cannot control um, mm -hmm. the more, the less effect you have um, with your life and um, the more time you spend actually on the things you mm -hmm. have in your circle of influence. Um, mm -hmm. If you focus on that and you can change it and out Absolutely. of that comes also the fulfillment of your own life. Yeah, so I think it's really important actually to spend the time wisely and I'm from Austria and um, <laughs> Austria are famous for <laughs> complaining as such. Yeah. So, really? Um, so are yeah. the Germans, right? <laughs> I heard that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's so important to um, to really spend, well, I mentioned, spend time consciously um, on things you really want to influence. And I think even things you typically would say, you can complain a lot, but just making the choice, saying, hey, that's something you just don't want to complain, but actually you want to influence as well. It's already a big thing. And then you can start thinking about how you can maybe change that Mm -hmm. because there, there i believe there's you can change everything just not at once and um, maybe you need to build up certain capitalism to have a bigger impact but i was always impressed by um and there were people like Greta thunberg who has a large impact with just her little voice literally um but because of this, mm -hmm. this ripple effect this butterfly effect that you tell mm -hmm. one person the next that one person tells the next person they eventually um, mm -hmm. everything, um, comes out of this. Yes. And when talking about communities, right. Um, I also liked, um, Ariana Huffington totally, you know, because she <laughs> was one of the pioneers in terms of mental health, making it so large, so huge with her great community, which is in fact more than a community, even a movement, right. It's so impressive. Um, to put it in a nutshell, people who inspired me, um, were many different people could be, um, the bus driver who said something very, very smart that made me think it could be my doctor who said something very wise. 
It could have been my teacher, my professor. Most of the time, those people don't know it. But sometimes it was just like one sentence, like with the wings things and the time is precious, that totally changed my view and perspective on things or this coaching situation or when I was doing my PhD as well. You know, beforehand, I was a totally unstructured person, you know, but I learned to 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 bring a bit of structure also in my life, in the way I behave, in the way I plan my activities. So there were many different occasions where I could learn from others and uh, potentially grow myself further. Wow. Um, so for, for the audience here, yeah, I think this is a great takeaway to listen close to the people you experience. Uh, yes. There could be some, some great insights for your life uh, in there. Yeah, sometimes also in the metro, when you listen to people talking, sometimes you, yes, definitely. I'm also someone who, uh, although I love to talk as well, but I love to listen as well. Like, what are to people talking about? Sometimes, because I don't have so much time to listen to the news, I get to know everything when I'm in the train or in the bus, in the metro, because people are talking about certain topics, you know. <laughs> Uh, it's totally interesting, you know. The news and will you, come to you. <laughs> excuse, excuse me? What did you say? The news will come to you. I think it's better absolutely. than... Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, watching too much news um, and spending so much time literally on what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, Irene, um, look at a little time. What, which advice would you give your younger self when you have finished school looking back? Mm -hmm. um, I would always say, like, uh, take it easy. At the end, everything will be good. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, I would still do what I did now um, to say, like, try yourself out and um, never, never stop growing and learning. And um, in fact, everything you need is already inside of you. Just give it an opportunity, the occasion to get out there. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, is there anything else, Irene, you would like to share with our learners? Oh, there's a lot because we don't have so much time. <laughs> because when, you know me, when I get started, there's no uh, no ending anymore. <laughs> Advice. Um, I would always say, like, um, really try whatever you do uh, to find the right people who support you. And... Um, You know, we have so many societal challenges, you know. Mm -hmm. Also try to think like to spend only like five or ten percent of your time also to think of how can I contribute to society? What can I do to make our world a better place? You know, just spending five or ten percent of your time, you know, and that's essential. Thank you very much. Um, that was a great closing remark. I think we can all have a large impact. Um, and there are a lot of challenges, I think, in our society. And um, we can have a positive impact on that uh, by mm -hmm. concentrating uh, on this. Thank you very much uh, for joining us in the Butterfly Effect Studio. Um, thank you very much for all the insights you shared. I think it was very insightful and very, um, yeah, what we can derive directly for our daily life. Thank you so much. <laughs> Stopping. <laughs>